May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please. Okay, finally, we get a break. After several weeks of strident and demanding lessons from Luke's gospel and Jesus' ministry, we've caught the good news today. We've had to deal with Jesus who chastised his disciples for not being as shrewd as the manager who cheated his boss. Then there was the rich man who, languishing in hell, could not do anything to save his five brothers who were still alive from God's eternal judgment. And just in the past week, we've read that our lives were compared by Jesus to the obligation and service of a slave. Thank God. Today, all we have to do is just that. Thank God. Seriously, that's the point of Jesus' encounter with ten lepers that Chester just shared. We don't have to do any detailed word studies in Greek to get the message. We don't have to plumb the depths of theology to understand exactly what transpired. And we don't need to consult thousands of years of scholarly research to hear Jesus speaking to his disciples as well as to us. Indeed, the challenges of discipleship, as we've come to appreciate these past few months, are many, including unceasing prayer, prophetic proclamation of God's reign of justice, and humble service to which we've been called. Yet today, Jesus impresses on each one of us the most fundamental attribute of discipleship, to be grateful for the gift of faith given to us without merit by God. Although our text is straightforward and its message clear, there's much going on in Jesus' conversation with this band of lepers. And I think we would do well to spend a few minutes considering it. This morning we find Jesus walking through the territory between Samaria and Galilee, just to the north of Jerusalem. This in and of itself is noteworthy, since no self-respecting Jew, and Jesus was one of them, would go anywhere near Samaria, let alone engage a Samaritan in conversation. Despite their close historical and ancestral connections, Jews thought Samaritans to be culturally inferior and to be heretics. And any association with them, they believed, would defile their own faith and make them unclean. Yet Jesus seems to totally understand. Without any particular fanfare, he simply chooses a route that places him in the middle of the Samaritan community. Jesus, a faithful Jew, a rabbi, a man of God, wants to be among those whom everyone else, everyone else, has rejected, cast aside, tossed to the world. Already walking in a foreign country, Jesus encounters the most outcast of society, ten people with a skin disease so terrible 
They were forced to live and die by themselves in the desert. Their communities had rejected them. Their families had rejected them. And no doubt, many would have thought that their God had rejected them. But seeing Jesus, in fact, seeing anyone for that matter, must have been a shock for them. Nobody, nobody ever came near them. But they seize the moment and cry out to Jesus, begging for his help. And Jesus' response was straightforward and simple. Go and show yourself to the priests. Now, probably not sure what Jesus had in mind, the lepers followed his instruction and headed away. And as they walked, they were healed. Now, we don't know whatever happened to nine out of the ten lepers, whether they actually went to the priest to show them what Jesus had done, or having been healed, just went home and watched some television. What we do know, however, is that they said nothing more to Jesus. No acknowledgement that he had responded to their cries, no gratitude for their healing, not even a polite thank you. However, one of the lepers, realizing that he had been healed, turned to Jesus and offered praise to God at the top of his voice. Then remarkably, he walked back to Jesus, laid down on the ground in front of him and thanked him. Now friends, we might have expected him to run first to show his family that he had been healed, or maybe to join former friends for a celebratory dinner and a glass of pretentious Chardonnay. You know, we'd understand that kind of joyful response to a fatal illness miraculously cured, but that's not what this leper did. His immediate response to the grace of God was simply to offer God thanks. Now Jesus was puzzled. Not by the gratitude offered by the leper who returned, but by the total failure of the other nine to even acknowledge the miracle they had just experienced. They had been cured, their lives had been forever changed, and they couldn't even bother to say thank you. We can almost see Jesus shaking his head in disgust, but then collecting himself sending the grateful leper on his way, reminding him that it was his faith, his faith that led to the healing. Unlike so many passages of scripture, the moral of this story is not at all hard to discover. Many of us have felt slighted by a spouse or a boss who didn't acknowledge our work around the house or the office. How many of us parents bristle when our kids seem to be oblivious to the things we give up so that their lives might be better than ours. And how many of us get peeved when no one at Holy Communion can be bothered to say thank you for the countless little things that get done to keep our congregation going? No, I think each of us knows exactly how Jesus felt when he was slighted by those whom he had helped. Sadly, but truthfully, we also know exactly 
what it's like to be one of the nine. The many times we're too busy to share a word of appreciation. The many times we take for granted the efforts of others, both large and small. The many times we're so absorbed in our own lives, we can't even extend grace and joy to others. As we observe throughout this lengthy season of Pentecost, our lives as Christ's disciples are indeed demanding. The care this community provides for the hungry, the sick, and those in prison drains more than our pocketbooks and wallets. It zaps our emotional and physical reserves. Keeping this building up in our grounds is hard and often thankless work, and as our campaign demonstrates, it's expensive. Coordinating a stewardship campaign, leading contemplative prayer, or serving in the small tasks of the sacristy are labors of love that we too often dismiss with barely a comment, barely acknowledgement, barely thanks. Jesus' lament over the nine lepers who couldn't be bothered to give thanks for his ministry among them is a particular reminder, I think, to each of us of the importance of grace and gratitude. However, as challenging as discipleship is, and how often our work is ignored, Jesus also reminds us, just as he did the grateful leper, of the unmerited gift of faith that empowers our discipleship. While the lepers were cured of their physical malady, the one who returned to give thanks experienced far more. The announcement that his life had been changed, had been redeemed, through the faith gifted to him by God. Dear friends, so too has yours, and so too has mine. And like the one leper, our response is the joyful acclamation of the Eucharistic thanksgiving we're about to share and pray. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Indeed, we give thanks. Amen.